0: Welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Smile and HelpSpot. I'm Simone Rochefort of Polygon.com, and I'm joined today, as always, by Brianna Wu, Head of Development at Giant Space Cat, and Christina Warren, Senior Writer at Gizmodo.com. Hey ladies, welcome to Saturday. Welcome Saturday, to Saturday morning cartoons with yeah. Simone Christina, and Bri. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I, i'm I not gonna you, be Simone. able to talk
1: this episode yeah i'm sorry i just gonna be well
0: we have a lot to we're relying on you for a lot brianna we are we, we
1: are, are the, the this third, first the third leg together, of the a stool gets it done no matter what let's do it darn All
2: right, right. you're just the third leg, leg of the stool yeah. that
0: is that is rocket i almost said rocket.com again what what are we what what medium is this is podcasting <laughs> this is how websites get made you just talk into the mic and then they just
2: go on the, the internet that's exactly what happens the, okay you, you speak into a mic and all of a sudden code is on is on a website published on the internet that's it's amazing what education can do for
0: you well mm-hmm. we're going to go through like a, a lightning round of rocket today uh, descriptive and thorough but fast <laughs> as well because some of us have to clean our house before we go to chicago uh okay A lot of big stories actually this week, even though we're recording on Saturday and we just recorded on Wednesday, but a lot happened in three days. Uh, And the big thing, a a heck of a lot. The big thing I think that happened was that Daily Beast broke a story about Palmer Lucky funding a company called Nimble America, which basically, I'm going to say, we're not going to say the The word, the s s word posts, bad memes <laughs> about Hillary Clinton. Um, because I don't want our poor
2: yeah. editor to have to bleep this to to heck. <laughs> but, 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 this, but this was a direct quote from him. Yes, it was about yeah. making me magic yeah. and you know, ish posts. Uh, that's a, a good about one. Stuff. And it, it's a political action committee, so it's not yes. a company. It's a political action committee dedicated to ish posts and uh, me magic, um, as a way to uh, encourage the election. Of uh, Donald J. The words "me magic" make me
0: want to rip my own skin off. But yeah, so this is this is the the group that was responsible for the Hillary Clinton "too big to jail" billboard that went up. Um, so it, obviously, after after it came out, there there was a lot a lot of layers to this involving uh, that they the reporter for the Daily Beast said that they had created a Reddit account for Palmer Lucky to post as under "Nimble Rich Man" and that he had been saying a lot of alt-right things on the inter- internet sphere. And when this broke, there was a lot of outrage. Paul lucky is, of course, the founder of Oculus and sold that company to Facebook uh, for much, much money. And it was, obviously, there's no, I mean, I, th- I think we're all of the opinion, like, People who believe things that we really don't believe have companies and do things with their money, but and, and that's normal and fine. But there was definitely a lot of, I guess, disappointment and um, upsetness, especially given that you know VR is such a, a new medium. I think a lot of people see it as a. Sorry, a lot of people are so optimistic about it. I, I know Ben Kuchera at Polygon is really optimistic about like VR and how it can help bring people together, and like the the kind of dichotomy of that combined with, you know, what we now see as Mr. Lucky's political leanings is like, oh, that's disappointing.
1: Well, I, I, feel like, I feel like it's a lot deeper than that, Simone. Um, you know, I'm not someone that just talks about this stuff theoretically. I work with a lot of venture capitalists. And like, if you are unwilling to be professional and friendly with libertarians and conservatives, you're not going to get much done in tech. Like, that's just sure. the truth. Um, so I respect that. And, you know, I respect that we have a different political uh, point of view, and I think people have died so you can vote the way you wish. But if you look at the actual output that this particular, you know, PAC was doing, um, just some horrific white supremacist stuff, like beyond racist, um, Mm -hmm. just some really upsetting stuff. So we're not talking about money just to, you know, make a few memes. Um, Yeah, this is literally funding, you know, you know, white supremacist political speech. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is kind of a big deal. Yeah, that's
0: a good point. Yeah. Yeah, given the the general tone of what um, the in, the people on the internet who support Trump have taken with regards mm-hmm. to Jewish people, with regards to people of color, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. It, like, it really, it, it seems like, it, it seemed like almost of, fake story because it's just so outlandish. It's one of those outlandish things that happens in 2016, but it's not, it's 100% true. And Palmer Luckey and his Facebook apology had actually quote unquote Facebook apology. An apology he posted. Uh, he claimed a quote, that a quote apology. He posted. Yeah. I, I, I am making air quotes in my bedroom right now. Um, he claimed that the posts made uh, on the Reddit were not him, but the uh, reporter uh, Gideon no. Resnick produced email receipts of, Uh, Palmer Lucky telling him that yes, he they had given him the login and he had done those done posts, um, on Reddit for the it seems very credible,
1: it seems completely uncredible. Also, he's claiming that it was limited to ten thousand dollars, but the only source is you know, uh, Palmer Lucky himself. So, I think if you're looking at well, he lied for one of his claims, is the first one credible? Um, the answer is no, to me at least. So Yeah, um, yeah, this is a really big story, Simone. And, you know, I'm not someone that just buys VR. I'm someone that does a lot of VR development that I can't talk about yet. So um, this really shakes my faith in being able to work with Oculus. And I want to tell you guys why it's a much bigger story. And I talked to CNN about this yesterday at length. Um, You know, Oculus is a company that even by tech industry standards has extreme problems with diversity in hiring women. Um, you know, they kind of famously hired John Carmack uh, to work over there. And, you know, he has this really famous, just shockingly sexist quote when a woman stood up at Oculus and asked why they didn't hire women. And he was just very dismissive and said there just wasn't anyone good enough, um, which includes women, and that they weren't going to lower the bar. Um, So that's just that one person. Um, At OC2 last year, uh, Oculus Connect 2, I was there. Not a single woman spoke. There were barely any women there. Yeah, they did throw us a very nice diversity luncheon, but um, you know, I only met one woman engineer on the Oculus team all week. Um, and yeah, you know, just a few other handful of Oculus employees outside of marketing. So, yeah, you know, to me, one of the big structural problems we're having with uh, VR as it's coming together is um, It's just the game industry all over again. Like you're having Mm -hmm. uh, venture capitalists are funding pretty much only studios run by men, controlled by men. And, you know, you have these really key teams. Um, HoloLens is not included. They do a great job. But, um, you know, certainly Oculus, they just don't have women represented there. And as a result, we're kind of having this repeat of hyper testosteronated you know, like culture that makes it very hard to include women. so this is this is not just a story about uh, someone funding hate speech. This is a story about um really a systemic problem in oculus to me,
2: yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it's that, and I think what's interesting, you know, was as soon as you know the Daily Beast story came out, and then there were some other stories, you know, about other things, you know, that that that, that Palmer has, you know, either liked on Twitter or, or other things, you know, which like likes and retweets aren't necessarily endorsements. I don't want to say that, but just other behavior that kind of bolsters the the the, the Daily Beast reporting. Frankly, you know, a number of, of VR developers came out and said we were boycotting Oculus unless he steps down. And, and I think that that is frankly the only reason why I will, I will say this. I I feel like that is the only reason why any sort of statement, any sort of, you know, quote unquote apology was made. Um, But, you know, it's, it's great for, for, for developers to, to say we won't support the platform because of this guy. I do wonder though, you know, like Oculus and Facebook, you know, it's, it's a big platform in VR and especially this industry is just starting to take off, you know, I, I respect anybody who makes the decision either to so, to, to continue to be on the platform because they need to be, you know, or anybody who wants to take the position that I can't support mm-hmm. a company that has, you know, uh, people like this, um, you know, who are, who are doing these sorts of things that, that we find untenable working for them. I, I respect whatever direction, you know, a developer wants to go in. But I, I feel like it was it was starting to see the backlash from the community that was the only thing that led him to make any sort of statement at all.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's worth saying though, Christine, you know, this really does harm Oculus in some serious yes. ways. You know, they started out of the gate, the number one leader, the word Oculus is synonymous with, you know, VR mm-hmm. for a lot of people, but I think it's fair to say they botched the launch. And the reason I say that isn't the date or being late to get headsets to people, it's the touch controller. Because I own both of these devices, and I have used my Oculus a hundredth as much as I've used my Vive, because it doesn't have the touch controllers. And without it, you're just looking around. It's not even mm-hmm. important. So this really is—it's um, very dangerous for Oculus. It really, um, you know, threatens to push them further back. Um, yet there are a lot of gamers that, you know, they're kind of unsold on. Well, it's VR we thing. I'm kind of suspicious, and then you know they they hear that the um, you know the the leader of the company is supporting and paying for white supremacist speech. Um, I just think it's 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 extremely damaging to Oculus as a brand.
0: There's another facet of that that I. Um, I think is really important, which is that I so often we still in 2016 view like memes and these posts and things is, oh, these are these are the wackos of the Internet doing their thing. But it's not like these images that are being um, disseminated have real power and clearly also like real money and organization behind them. It's not just like some teen or 20-something whatever, like, slapping some words on a picture, like, there, there's thought going into this about how to influence people's minds politically. And, like, it, it's very serious as much as it seems like something that's just supposed to be funny and silly and stupid and horrible and racist.
1: I think if you'd been the subject of memes of which I've been hundreds of times, you know, like um it can hurt the people being targeted but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean it's it's how you know, I think he was accurate when he said this is how you communicate with young voters. Um yeah. I've certainly laughed at like Christina you laughed at my um you know the Sweet Valley high like Yeah, those were Photoshop fantastic covers. Yeah, like it's it's they're funny but still. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Well, I don't know. Christina, do you have anything else to say about this before I kind of talk about something no, else? No, or okay,
2: No, 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 that's fine. I just, I, I thought it was an important thing to kind of, you know, I mean, this is, this is gross, I think, and I think it's, I just want to be clear, like, at least my position, I don't want to speak for anybody else, like, I don't have a problem with someone having these political views or even doing this sort of thing. Like, if he wants to do this, that's his right. I just feel that it's equally our right to be able to respond and say, this is either something that we want to support or not. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no. Yeah.
1: Well, that that kind of brings into one of my other um, things I wanted to touch here. Um, you know, I do worry that, you know, it feels like there's so much tribalism politically that I do think we are losing tolerance for people that just have different views than us. And um, – I want to say this really, really clearly. I think he more than deserves the critique that he's getting. But I do worry about a culture in tech and consumers that says, for other people, not Palmer lucky. Like, if you vote for this one party, uh, you're blacklisted, you're a terrible person, and we're just going to hate you and tear you apart. I think that is tremendously damaging. And I see a real... Unwillingness to think about that on um on the left. I had a conversation with someone uh, yesterday, and she's another feminist activist, and I was I was trying to talk about this, and she's like, "Well, there are no spaces whatsoever where conservatives feel discriminated against for speaking their mind, and that's uh, political science will show that's just not true.
2: That's absolutely it, not true.
1: It's absolutely not true. Um, one of the reasons, uh, right wing radio." exploded. Uh, I was talking to a sociologist about this the other month is um, they felt like it was their own space to say things that they believed without being judged. Now, I don't agree with those things. I think that they harm, you know, not just me, but other people. Um, But it's absolutely true that conservatives do kind of feel kicked and pushed into a corner where they can't say their beliefs without facing a lot of social consequences. Some of that is good. I think we would agree that like white supremacist speech is something you (laughs) do need to pay a social price for. But I think that I think it's worth you know those of us of any political stripe kind of sitting down and going, well, are we being are we being fair to people, you know, that are kind of more moderate in their views. Does that make sense to both of you?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really well said. These memes are gross. <laughs> These memes are gross. <laughs> are, that's all well said.
2: Yeah. And I mean, I think that that when you're in a, I mean, I've had some discourse with people saying, oh, well, what's wrong with him being able to express his opinion and, and, and say what he wants and why should he persecuted for it?" And it's like, I don't think anybody's persecuting him for having an opinion. Um, people are simply responding and saying, when you are in a position that you are in where you oversee a lot of things and, and, and you have control you know potentially over hiring and, and over personnel things and um it, it's worth noting if you hold you know certain views if you're giving money to causes that are really distri- that are they're that really distasteful even if you take a lot of the political stuff out of it um, it's it's worth saying is this is this the right person to be in this position? That's 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 a valid question worth asking, or at least it's worth pointing out so that the people who are in the deci- are in the positions to make those decisions can can take all that stuff into account. And and I think also for people who are wanting to make games for the platform or choosing to support you know the platform can say I don't care and that's okay, or I do care and this is going to affect you know my my development or or buying decisions. I've seen people bring up the I guess the the Facebook connection
0: Palmer Luckey and selling Oculus to Facebook and then Peter Thiel also after the the Gawker case earlier this year and his connection to Facebook. I've seen people bring that up as a I guess uh, an, a negative in terms of how how Facebook is choosing to conduct it's business, and I, I'm not sure that I know enough to really to have an opinion on that. But I wanted to kind of get your temperatures on that topic.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it, it, it obviously has to come down to them and what they think it's going to do. I mean, I think Oculus or Facebook, you know, it will what they do, what they decide will will fundamentally, you know, how bad they think this is for them and how bad they think it speaks for them. I think that it's important to note. And again, I mean, I am not defending this guy in any way, but he's 24 years old, and so I think that you know the sort of doing this sort of trollish stuff is very much the product, I think, of being that young. Um, Mm -hmm. And and I think it's worth in asking: Well, if someone's that young, no matter how talented they might be, do they need to have be elevated to a position of of, Mm. of power the way that they are, or should there be more oversight? You know, yeah. because that's certainly not to say that the young people can't do very good jobs leading things. I mean, I think whatever you want to say about him, Mark Zuckerberg has turned out to be a very good CEO, you know, when he was very young. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I do think that, that, that it's worth kind of asking, especially if, if, if you're, you know, leading a bunch of, of kind of, you know, disparate teams. And if you're overseeing some stuff that that's potentially very important to kind of say, is this, does this person have the right temperament and the right maturity level? Um, and, and I think that, you know, the Peter Thiel thing is harder. I, I obviously can't be objective about that because I work for a company that used to be a company that, that you know, he sued out of existence. Um, so I can't be objective about that. But I, I do think that, that it raises questions about what, and I don't know, I don't, I, I, I don't know, how, every company handles things like that differently. Some companies will will fire people for having, for, for publicly kind of embarrassing them or, or for, you know, acting what they view as being unprofessional um, or or acting, you know, in ways that, that are taking a position one way or another I means plenty of companies and you know plenty of journalists um, at, at certain places are are completely forbidden if they're not on the editorial side, for instance, from from having any sort of political opinion mm-hmm. in social media. You know, mm-hmm. journalists at CNN mm-hmm. have been suspended for that. Um, it, it really differs from place to place, and 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 there and there there you know people who even if you work for like a bank or something, you know, your job might have a a conduct policy that says on Facebook you can't say certain things because it could reflect poorly on your organization. I think that's an organizational decision on every level they need mm-hmm. to do. Uh, I think that it's um, – I don't know. I, I I feel like it's worth critiquing and worth looking at, but fundamentally that's going to be you know a Facebook decision whether they want mm-hmm. – h- how they want to address that.
0: The point about him being young—that it—that definitely struck me as well. Just looking at this quote from the Daily Beast um, article, where he said, um, "Money is not my issue." I thought it sounded like a real jolly good time, and that's just—those are not words that I would ever apply in any sense to like memifying and and creating like hateful, hateful memes about someone. <laughs>
2: I you know, just you wanted it, if you wanted to troll I mean it's a yeah. very much a, a college or high school level sort of prank, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. yeah. so the sort of thing that when you're Which that is not age, to discount think, the pain that obviously
0: it no, causes, but
2: yeah. Uh, no. I, that that that's yeah, it, absolutely is that, not. that, but what, that what
0: carelessness saying, that like lack of
2: foresight or well, la- lack but, of consideration of the consequences, the, I guess. The, the, yeah, and the difference you know. is usually when you have people who have these sorts of ideas, they don't have 700 million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 they're not in a position of power where they can get those sorts of things. You know, done. Yeah. Usually, when you have people who are like, "Oh, you know, it would be really funny." What a great troll! Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do that. They don't then have, you know, the the, the resources. Well, that's why I think it's so to put important it into to action. acknowledge like the infrastructure behind these memes,
0: because like we we do still see it as just like random ish posters, but it's not always like you have people like Milo Yiannopoulos like fanning these yes. flames. You have people like Palmer Lucky funding these. Like it, it's it's not, you know a harmless a victimless
2: no it's act not in all. any way and, no, and i think no. I, I, th- I think that what it also points out and i think this is where the peter Thiel thing becomes kind of an interesting kind of parallel you know taking away whether facebook should have these people you know on their board or working for them or not i don't want to make a statement on that is the fact that i do think that it's worth talking about how money and power are so inextricably intertwined and how they're different mm. now in this modern connected age than they were even 10 years ago yeah. You know, culture is it, set from the
1: top down, right? So yeah. if you have two outspoken white supremacists on Facebook's board, um, yeah. Well, Paul I mean, not on their board. Oh, is he not? Okay, no, of but he's working, not. he's definitely in leadership, though. So do you know what I mean? Like, culture is set from the top down. So when Facebook is telling the press things like, well, you know, women are just not applying to work here. You know, these two things are intertwined. Um, you know, Simone, I want to come back to your point, because you were talking about the age issue. You know, both of us work in uh, video games, right? Uh, Tom Kalinske, if you're looking at Sega and why they held on and took, um, you know, root against the Super Nintendo, is because of Tom Kalinske. One of the reasons he ended up at Sega is because he was thrown off of uh, Mattel. Uh, for being a CEO of Barbie uh, when he was only 39 years old. They didn't think he was mature enough at 39. And that's not a million years ago. That was 20 years ago. So I I think that's fair. And I also think, you know, going back to um, the speech issue you were talking about, um, you know, I think that it's fair for people to look at this and make up their own mind on supporting it. One of the reasons we make uh, you know, PAC contributions and contributions to individual um you know, candidates publicly searchable is so the public can look at that, exactly. look at who's getting the money for this. And yes, you can donate anonymously to P, uh, PACs. And that's why we can never really know how much money you put into this. But the reason it's, it's made publicly searchable in theory is so we can look at that and decide how we feel about it. So if people are outraged about him funding this group that has absolutely done sexist and white supremacist um, you know speech trying to influence the election. That is the system functioning as intended. Yeah, yes. that's a good point.
0: This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Smile. Text expander from Smile. Their new jingle. Yay. So, Text Expander puts the power of incredible text shortcuts right in the palms of your hands, on the tips of your fingers, wherever you want them. Wherever you're putting in those keystrokes, you can basically use Text Expander to expand phrases, sentences, paragraphs, whatever you need, in a flash by using little snippets, Got a little little code, little a little cheat code to give yourself like that that reply that you need to send off, you know, every every day, you know, that thing that you type every day that you're really tired of typing, make it into a snippet, text, expand it. Then you just have like a few keystrokes and boom, your whole reply is ready to go. You can communicate smarter. You can communicate faster. You can get rid of all that, that repetitive garbage that you have to do with text text expander fill in snippets it's like they made a tongue twister just for me text (laughs) expander fill in snippets and text with text expander team subscriptions you can share snippets with your entire team so i i know working with um working at a company where we're all you know chatting with each other we there are certain you know things that you end up having to say over and over and over again it's great to just be able to you know Say what you want to say with less time, with less keystrokes, less strain on your poor broken 2016 hands that are <laughs> that are weak from holding your cell phone like a fool, um, and that that you know increases um, communicativity, which is a word that I just made up. Synergy with your team because you're all communicating in the same way, like you all know what you need to say, and you know you can all say it super faster. You can try Text Expander free for 30 days and text expander subscriptions include software for mac ipad iphone and there's a windows beta so you you people on on your pcs who have been dreaming hoping and praying for text expander to come to you beta yes uh and Life Hackers. <laughs> <laughs> Try it out. Uh, Life Hacker subscriptions cost $40 per year and include all the apps and Text Expander sharing service. Um, and upgrade discounts are available for registered Text Expander users. So you should absolutely go check that out. Check out Text Expander. Save yourself some time and some pain, some carpal tunnel with your typing. Um, visit smilesoftwarecom rocket. For more info, get on that text expander train and smile all the way to the station. Thank you so much, smile, for your support of Rocket and Relay FM. It was a good. It was a good read. That was, it was
1: fantastic. A really good read. Yeah. yeah. Hisgate. Uh, so before we start, Hisgate, Christina, you're a very bad influence on me. You're a very <laughs> bad influence on me. I I gave up. I I took your advice. I gave up on my jet black model, and I stuck with the rose gold lifestyle. So yes. I rose did gold. it. I did yes. it. I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with it um yeah so before we talk about his cake can i just like give a couple of really quick iphone seven impressions yeah, like, I like so, so everybody is talking about the camera and the camera's great don't get me wrong but the really big features of it are the speed that's the, the thing best. that's shocking like the twitter app is coded so poorly that now it doesn't stutter on the iphone 7 um, the screen is a lot brighter the sound is a lot louder Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the three things that I really noticed. Does that seem like, what do you think about yeah. that? Christina? Yeah. No,
2: I think you're dead on. I mean, the, the screen is something that I, I'm sad that cause my, my review, um, uh, at Gizmodo, they they like things to be a little bit stappier, briefer. Yeah. You know, I can't do you know three thousand word reviews like I used to, so I didn't yeah. really even get into. And frankly, from a consumer perspective, I don't know how many people care about the wide color gamut stuff. Um, although I do, and the screen is fantastic. You're dead yeah. on. Like the screen now has the same technology as as the new iPad Pro and as the mm-hmm. iMac, and so it's got this wide color gamut, and the colors just look fantastic and it's brighter i mean i love looking at the screen i Mm -hmm. love it and you're so right about the speed too and it's one of those things where i think coming it's and it it's hard it's especially for me like going from um a uh a a 6s that was uh, you know smaller to to this one which is bigger and obviously has more ram um you know with just everything like you know for certain for certain apps certain games it's just it definitely is faster. Some things you don't notice as much of a difference because you know they just haven't been coded maybe to take advantage of it, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but just in general, I mean, you're right. Like even apps like Twitter um, are are definitely faster. And this is the sort of thing where like you know the the, the benchmarks, this thing is faster than the than the big iPad Pro. Yeah. Well, I think on top of
1: that, the other, the other two things are really big upgrades. I don't see people talking about is this size inside of it. So my husband is coming from the 16-gig iPhone 6, and you know he wanted a giant model phone. So when you take into account the um, amount of space that was taken up by the memory inside of it, he functionally had like 12 gigs of space. Totally. So when he got the bigger phone, I did the math. It was something like having 18 old iPhone iPhone sizes for $100 more. So he could fit the equivalent of 18 of his old iPhones in this new iPhone 7, which is just awesome. And, um, you know, (coughs) we had a, an incident where someone left our company and we needed to send some, uh, send some text messages to, uh, basically a governmental entity. And, um, you know, Frank had deleted all of his because he needed the space. So it's really awesome that we are not going to have that anymore. Um, yeah, the, and the other thing that I think is, um, you know, Christina, you said that you got the plus because you liked the camera better in it. It's definitely a better camera. But, you know, because my husband has the 7, other than the digital zoom for me as just a hyper casual photographer. I can tell the difference in the 6S and the 6, um, you know, the 6S and the 7. But just taking normal pictures besides the zoom, just normal like, hey, I'm walking around looking at stuff. I honestly and maybe it's cuz i'm not skilled at this don't see that big of a difference so oh, um no no
2: so so yeah, if you're using yeah, the yeah. the 1x zoom camera on the 7 plus it is the yep. identical camera that is on the 7 it's only when you press the 2x and you get that that optical zoom that you're seeing the difference, and and of course there's now in beta there's 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 the portrait mode which the portrait you know, mode. yeah which yeah. which is cool um uh, it, I, I it works sometimes it doesn't work others John Gruber I think did a good test um so for me it was really I wanted that Zoom and and it was it, it also frankly I wanted the, I wanted the extra RAM I know that's silly but, <laughs> no it's, not. But but, it's but, not but but I wanted I wanted the extra gig of RAM um. And, you know, I don't think that that will really manifest itself in, in that different performance that much. You know, the, the benchmarks are basically identical between the the the, six, the 7 and the 7 Plus. Um, but um, it's still one of those things where I was just like, me personally, just being me, I was like, I, I will always have FOMO if I don't get the bigger phone um, that has better stuff. But having said that, I mean, I do feel like the the, the 7 has a – fantastic camera. It's a big upgrade over the 6. Um, it's it's an upgrade. You can even tell that it's an upgrade over over the 6S, but it's a really big upgrade over the 6, especially in low light. Yeah. Um, and having that optical image stabilization for photo and video is one of those things that, in the smaller form factor, is really, really nice. So yeah, yeah I yeah. mean, I would definitely not say that the only one you have to buy is, is the 7 Plus. That was just me being ridiculous sure sure i guess my point is for normal people um because again i'm a
1: bad photographer my photos are of my dogs and friends at close (laughs) range and like um yeah i'm just a terrible photographer and i think for most people i would encourage them to prioritize the size that they get i I would agree Um, with that yeah um but let's talk about i always
0: prioritize the size brianna
1: yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Uh, um, Simone, <laughs> on that great note, you want to talk about gate a little bit and people about This is
0: exciting because the story was broken by our very own Stephen Hackett of Relay on his blog, 512 Pixels. Uh, so basically, he found that his iPhone 7 Plus, uh, when it was restoring from iCloud, it was making this very loud hissing sound, uh, and he posted a video of it. And um, I maybe inadvertently started one of the many gates that follows in uh, follows an yep. iPhone release, uh, which is now termed his gate. Uh, so this was picked up by a, a everyone. few, everyone, every, okay, yeah, a few everyone's. Um, some outlets tested their phones some did notice that when the the processor was under great pressure it would make a hissing sound similar to like what a computer would make when it uh, is rebooting or a playstation when it is playing the witcher 3 because you are it's too, you're too powerful for it um and other outlets found that their there's their phones their devices were not making hissing sounds when under under pressure um how, so gosh <laughs> How about this for dramaless <laughs> gates to follow an iPhone launch? This is like the most, uh, I guess, low pressure. Not low pressure is not the word because it's all about processors being under pressure. Um, <laughs> this seems like a very
2: chill, a chill thing to happen because the phone isn't exploding. I'm like, all right. Oh, totally. Totally. Although people, of course, are going to freak out, you know, I mean, they're freaking out about the the, the jet black, you know, like, well, I think it's more of the steam that's just like blasting out of all its its
0: microphone holes like that. That's more what's freaking people out.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. No, it's it's funny. It's like in, in the grand scheme of things, like especially like you said, when you consider that the, the big iPhone killer of of, of twenty sixteen is exploding, literally uh, is blowing up. Uh, this this doesn't seem that massive. Um, now, um, I personally, at least, I don't think I have. I haven't significantly tried to test it, and I set mine up as a new phone rather than doing a restore, so I didn't have like the iCloud stuff. But like I've run some tests on it. I've run some benchmark things. I don't have it out of mine, but I've definitely seen enough videos that suggest that, that it's there. Bree, do you have it? Does, does your phone hiss? I have
1: I, I fallen to hiss gate. Um, but I'm going to disagree with uh, who I call lustrous leader here at Relay, Stephen Hackett. And I have to say, I, I kind of agree with Ren, Renee Ritchie of Imore's take on this. Um, the only time I can hear it is when um, I take off my headphones and hold it up to my ear on the back. And yeah, you hear this screeching noise um but, you know i tried it with some of my android phones around my house it's just as bad and um i just it's not something i would notice on a daily basis um
2: yeah there, that might there, be why i haven't noticed it to be honest yeah because i'm yeah, usually I, not holding my phone up to my back at my you know yeah, what i mean like do you think yeah, you'd be yeah, able yeah, to notice not, it
0: if you had a case on it i'm
2: curious because i, I want to try it with my phone i was gonna say because nope. i've got a case on mine too so I did that too. could be I even did be an issue
1: I decided to go rose gold uh, silicone case as well. Oh, nice. You're a very bad influence on me. But yeah, I I cannot hear it in normal life as much as I've tried to. So, um, you know, but there's an Apple user out there that really cares about their phone being pristine. Just like there are Mac users that really care about that fan noise. When I hear fan noise, I'm like, thank God something is cooling down my, my you know, <laughs> logic board, so it's not going to melt because I've melted four logic boards <laughs> through doing <laughs> 3D stuff. So um, I personally don't care. I think it's overblown, but, you know, different yeah. people can have different opinions.
0: I, I, I never thought that my PS4 uh, hissed until I started playing The Witcher. And then I was like, what's that dull roar? Oh, God. <laughs> It's just so omnipresent. I guess I never noticed it, but it's literally just screaming the entire time that I play The Witcher. I'm like, all right. That's so funny. That's fine. But yeah, I mean, it is funny, I guess. It never occurred to me until now that that phones – I mean, obviously phones are basically little computers – but I had never it had never even occurred to me until now that it could be normal and perhaps even necessary at times for them to to make, you know, machine parts noises because they're they're so solid and we're so used to them being like silent
2: and and perfect. Right. No, and I think that that was probably I think that the big thing I think is two things. One, I think you're right, Simone, even though, um, you know, our phones are uh, candidly much more powerful than the computers that we were buying even a few years ago. Um, on, on all levels they just are um, you know and, and if you even look at like sing- certain you know single you know uh, thread benchmark tests there are certain benchmarks I mean this is extrapolating and this obviously is just single single test and whatnot but it's just fascinating to see that like the the new iPhone 7 will um, perform better in certain single thread tests than the Mac Pro which <laughs> is nuts um, but like you know we 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 don't think about phones as as having those sorts of issues. Like you would expect your computer or even your PS4, you expect them to kind of make a fan noise to have that stuff there. But there's not a fan in your phone, so that's that's one thing. They've never really made noises before. And I think the reason though why like someone like what Brie was saying about people wanting their phones pristine when you have, when you're not used to hearing anything from your device and all of a sudden you do, and it's brand new, I think that like, it's like day one or, or, or whatever of having your phone available to you. I think that a lot of people's immediate reaction is to kind of panic and to kind of be like, oh, my, oh no, this thing that I just spent all this money on is somehow defective. And, and that kind of creates, you know, like a, uh, you know, freak out a little bit, not to say that you should, you know, shouldn't investigate it. And if it's a lot of stuff, if it's happening all the time, maybe you've got something going on. And that's why you know you do what Steven did, which was you know call Apple, and they they swapped his phone out for him. Um, but it does seem like you know it's very possible that just with the way the Fusion, you know, the A10 Fusion processor works, and 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 you know what just naturally happens with with electronics, that noise is going to come out. You're, you're you mm-hmm. might hear you might hear stuff, and, and it's it's not a big deal. Uh, but but it's interesting. Um, you know, it would not be an iPhone launch if there wasn't something, something happening. Yeah, (laughs) life comes at you fast.
1: Oh, I mean the 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 noise seems to be coming from uh you know the the coils inside uh the logic board you know and just emitting a hiss. Um, it's also notable that like when you know, Christina, I didn't set mine up as a new phone. I restored it, and the first thing it's going to do is to index all of your photos, so you can have that great iPhotos or photos feature where it indexes it by year, you know, it brings it up all really quickly. Like this is something that's very um, yeah, processor intensive. So totally. Um, I think if I could hear it while using it normally, um, I would probably yeah. feel differently because it is a very Agreed. loud noise. And maybe Stevens was loud enough that he could hear that. But for me, like if my phone makes a noise, if I hold the logic board up to my ear while it's under high strain idgaf. So,
0: you know, I'm
1: moving on and I'm going to enjoy my phone.
0: So, all right. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by HelpSpot, which is what you will need if you have to deal with any kind of customer support. No, not not like you're calling customer support, but you are supporting your customers who rely on you to be able to use your product. You know what I'm saying? HelpSpot is the most comprehensive and flexible help desk software. Around, uh, you can let your customers reach you however they want. Um, So their support for email, support for web, support for phone. Doesn't matter. They need their help. They're going to get it from you and you'll be able to provide it in a way that is low stress and really suits everyone involved. It centralizes all of your customer support needs. So no more like horrible, hideous email chains where you don't know who you're replying to. And it also provides a quick view of any trends that you see relating to support requests. So say nobody can find the checkout button on your online store. Why did you hide it under ten layers of menus? That was really silly of you. But you're seeing that a lot of people are like, "Hey, I can't find the checkout button. Help, help, help!" You can you can take that data and use it to kind of reform your customer customer service experience. And HelpSpot can also host everything for you if you want. But you can also run HelpSpot on your own servers. That uh, you'll get source code access for custom branding for your HelpSpot kind of help center. Um, which is really awesome. So, I, however, however you want to to make this process easy for you and easy for your customers who are coming to you for help, they can do that. So HelpSpot has been around for like twelve years at this point. I'm not using like facetiously, literally. I, I'm using it to be literally twelve years. Uh, and with HelpSpot, you'll get unlimited tickets, unlimited mailboxes, custom fields, reports, and knowledge bases, all for one simple price. There are no hidden extras or complicated pricing tiers that you have to think about. HelpSpot again, making it easier for you, and they're with you no matter where you are, no matter how big your company grows. They are there to help take the burden of customer support and make it a little easier for you to bear. Uh, their customers include startups and Fortune 500 companies, IT departments, call centers, you know, any any company you can think of that needs to have like a knowledge database that customers can browse and an easy way to get in touch with people to, to – with any problems they might have using the service. HelpSpot is perfect for that. And it is free for up to three users. And again, super inexpensive for larger teams. And you can get an additional 10% off for life when you use the offer code rocket when you sign up. And you can do that at HelpSpot.com slash rocket. That's Help. Spot.com slash rocket. Start a trial today or sign up for a free one-on-one demo to learn more about how HelpSpot can help your support team function seamlessly, beautifully, fantastically. Thank you so much, HelpSpot, for your support of this show and your support of Relay FM. We super duper appreciate it. So how how about how about an exciting new hardware yes. topic to wrap yes. up the oh show my god. with yes oh my
2: god i'm excited i'm very oh my excited god. oh my god oh my god
0: yeah so this was first uh first i guess leaked on youtube and now has officially been confirmed by the Snapchat wall is making some glasses oh my god so six sunglasses. Uh so basically the, they're these rounded, rounded sunglasses uh that have a camera lens in the rims and allow you to take up to, it's been confirmed, 10 seconds of video that will sync with your phone. And so basically they're they're being made by Snapchat, which is being rebranded as Snap Inc., Snap Incorporated. Um And will basically allow you to capture those snap-like moments uh, without having to hold your phone up slash fiddle with apps and things like that. Just you, your eyes looking at the thing, your hands tapping your sunglasses and capturing 10 seconds of whatever it is that you're doing. Um, This is actually, this is pretty cool. When I was seeing... the first, I guess, rumblings of it on Twitter, there was a lot of mentions of Google Glass and nerdy, yeah. horrible things to wear on your face. I actually like the way that these look
2: quite okay. a bit. Okay. Go on. I like the concepts. I think they look ridiculous. Now, so this was this was reported by the, by the Wall Street Journal, and this is like breaking news. I'm actually really glad we're doing this show on a Saturday because yeah. <laughs> this news broke at like 10 p.m. last night, and, and then the internet lost its collective mind. But there had been leaks, I guess, for a few months now, where I think Evan and Spiegel, the the CEO of Snapchat, had been caught in um the wild wearing them and and people knew that these sorts of things were coming, but we didn't have a lot of details as to like what they were actually going to be or if they were going to be a real product, and everybody was kind of like, "Is this real or is this like mm-hmm. you know a a, a a pipe dream and um it's real, and I, I again, I think that the concept, as much as I would love to make fun of it. Is kind of brilliant, especially since they're only going to be like a hundred and fifty dollars or something, right? Like they're they're not expensive. Uh, like it's Google actually one hundred twenty nine. It's less than – Yeah. Okay. So So they're 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 calling them a wow. toy, which is great. Like they're super cheap, which means the video quality is not going to be great. It doesn't matter. Um. But like Google Glass was fifteen hundred bucks for the early adopters, and so this is one of those things where like this is this is super cheap, and this could be fun. I could see this actually being a very fun toy. Uh, I'm gonna disagree with you on the look thing, however, Simone. I think that they look absolutely insanely bad. Yeah. I like I agree them with from that. the
0: front, from the side. I think that the the camera apparatus is a little bit um a little a little bulky, but like I the, the fact that they're like a rounded look, which I, I associate more with stylish glasses rather than that kind of uh American I mean, doing psycho
2: Wall Street look that Google Glass had. <laughs> I mean I mean look, they definitely look better than Google Glass, but that's really not saying anything. Like, that's fair. You know, uh, uh, Google I like Glass them. is pretty terrible.
0: I genuinely I don't think that they look that bad. The launch is actually uh interesting. Like we were saying, $129 and um it's going to be limited distribution. So yeah, you're which you're not going to be able to them. like walk into Claire's, and no, it means Kylie's going to get them, obviously. Ha. Um, but yeah, you know. the way that they're handling it seems very much like they're they're testing the waters, which again, and then at, at that low price, makes it seem like th- these are probably going to be snapped up very quickly, and oh, completely. Everyone <laughs> who wants a pair is going to be fighting in the streets to get one.
2: Oh, without a doubt. I mean, this is going to be something that everybody wants, and and I mean, I think the I think the price point almost makes up for the 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 terribleness of of the bulkiness of the look. I like the idea in theory, and I think this is the sort of thing that eventually you could get this and make this look sleeker. But I do like that they kind of look like regular sunglasses. Yeah, you know, where yeah. Uh, it, it's they're on the right track design wise. It just looks, especially some of those photos of him. In the Wall Street Journal, just look ridic- ridiculous and so memeable. Um, okay, yeah. Speaking this of memes, photo. they they well, really are what is like that pattern. But it's not as bad as Google Glass. But it's just, I mean, I don't know. I'm going to create
0: be- a poll. I'm going to ask Charles to create a poll for Rocket listeners to, to weigh yeah, in would, on would, how would, they feel you, about these glasses. Um,
2: what's What's interesting though? Here's what I want to know. So so uh, Evan Spiegel is now engaged to Miranda Kerr, the the, 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 the supermodel. Um, I would be very curious if she would put them on.
0: Well, apparently they it. wore them could, on their well, freaking like trip
2: anything. to yeah, the registry.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's fair, Bree. She would she would rock anything. Yeah. But now yeah. he told this anecdote about like taking a, the first prototype on a walking trip to Big Sur with Miranda and how that it, it was like a transcendent experience for them to take that footage and watch it back and I don't know. We don't have we'll proof not, that though. she wore them. But I think we do have we can assume that she would rock them just based on her history of being a beautiful person who I adore who was married <laughs> to Orlando Bloom who was my middle school crush. I mean he still is my middle school crush.
2: He'll always be my middle school crush. <sighs> Miranda Kerr is perfect. She is yeah, perfect. She, really oh, she is. frankly she can do better than him if I'm being completely honest. Yeah. Yeah, I she have could to do me. <laughs> oh simone oh simone oh um, well,
0: welcome yeah. to weekend simone on fire no i so i, I have yeah, to on, say Brie.
1: like i i completely agree with you christine these things are ugly and um i mean maybe it's just I'm like it's not a style i could pull off but you know i like the giant ski goggle glasses but um i don't know to me this is something that. It feels like it would be a good gateway into Snapchat because I'm always yeah. so hesitant about being out there and living my life. And oh, let me pull up my phone and be that person like filming my trip at Disney or, you know, uh, later today I'm going to be uh, doing stuff with Elizabeth Warren in um, New Hampshire, right? Like I'm not going to sit there and like, ask be her if she'd wear the Snapchat glasses. Yeah. You should. Yeah. You absolutely she, 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 she could pull them off. They're pretty clustered, normal glasses. But um, yeah. It seems like something that um, this is the idea of wearables, right? Like we're kind of finding ourselves unable to really get footing with wearables because, you know, the Apple Watch has come out and we didn't really make this a topic. But the the continuity features like unlocking your Mac, it seems to be broken for most people at Relay. Um, You know, this is not, there are many things about wearables that are not working yet. Um, It's certainly working well as a fitness device, but like to have something to actively record your life and upload it for social media, that seems like a really good um, fit. And maybe the dudes that listen to Rocket don't know this, but like $130 for sunglasses is nothing. <laughs> like, you know, if you're going to any decent store, it's going to be twice that. So I don't know. To me, this is really exciting this is a product i'm 100 percent gonna buy even if i have to fight someone to rush for in the streets to get it and
2: don't even like the way they look free yeah
1: yeah 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 i don't know it's uh it it really it seems like uh it seems like it's something that's gonna get them a lot of market share
2: um yeah i don't know about market share but i definitely think that this will be a very popular item with the kids and i think that I, like, I do like the idea of using glasses in this way. I think this is a smarter approach than what Google Glass was trying to do, mm-hmm. where it was trying to kind of be this always-on, you know, like – you know, It was trying to be the phone heads for up display. Glasses. It wasn't really even trying to be your phone. It was trying to be this heads-up display thing where you saw this other stuff, this augmented reality thing, which were cool ideas. But this is just like I think for me – and I said this when Google Glass came out. I was like the only appeal with Google Glass for me was that I would love to take photos with my eyes. That would be amazing. And I still feel like that is, is an, you know, a huge thing to be able to be enjoying your life and take video or pictures or whatever with, with your eyes rather than having to have a camera in front of it so you can capture, you know, to a certain extent what you're actually seeing, I think would be cool. And so this is really smart, you know, even if you're just taking 10 seconds of, of the, the video being circular is weird. That, yeah. that that's, that's an interesting thing. And, and, and I, I think that's probably coming down to – what type of lenses they're able to get for that sort of price point and I don't know how that'll look. I do also wonder the novelty of like it's cool to do but I wonder it, how good the video is going to be and like if you're watching it, you know, all back on your phone, like, you know, see someone else's snaps or what that's going to be like. I think it's, I think it's a, a cool gimmick. You know, I don't think this is going to demonstrably change Snapchat as a business, but I think that it's, it's a cool gimmick and it's definitely something that everybody's going to want, especially at that price point, you know, heavy snappers, especially. Um, I do um, think though, I mean, one of the interesting things about this obviously is that a huge part of Snapchat is obviously people, many people use, you know, the, the selfie feature and most people are, are are using, you know, it, it, it facing them. And so obviously you can't do that with these sorts of glasses. Um, lenses are, are another big thing. And obviously that's not something that can be part of this, but I do feel like this would be a cool thing to be like, Hey, I've got my, my snap ink sunglasses or whatever. Uh, I wonder if the lens are polarized or, or, or what? I'm not sure how that works. Um, I've got them out and about and, and I'm taking, you know, videos or little snapshots of, of things that, that, that I'm seeing. I mean, that could be cool. Yeah. Like know. the. Having them, I think the example that they used in the Wall Street Journal article was being
0: at a concert and just being able to do that yeah. without having to, like, take out your phone and then hold it in front of your face, which I know, like, I, I, that is the, the concert filmmaking experience is, like, you take out your phone and then you're looking at the concert through your phone because totally. even though psychologically you know you can just hold it up and look at the concert itself, you always look at the screen. No, you always look um, at through the screen. Yeah, totally. or just being on vacation, um, going somewhere new and, you know, being able to take photos of that to sorry, take video of that on the fly. Um, Yeah, it's definitely interesting to me. Well, actually, another one interesting thing to me is that the the leaked video that was posted on YouTube that was then taken down, it's very, like, child and family focused. It's, like, all about a children's birthday party and, like, filming cute moments with kids and then sharing them with grandparents. That's so...
2: That's that seems not very Snap different audience.
0: from Snapchat's brand to me.
2: Well, Snapchat keeps trying to expand into other stuff like he like 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 they are trying to go into broader and broader markets. They're not really succeeding. I think that this – and we talked about this when we talked about Instagram stories. Like I think Instagram has a much better shot there. But this is the sort of product where you could understand, oh, you know, families would love this. The problem is I think that a lot of younger people who already love Snapchat would be willing to wear these ugly-ass glasses <laughs> to take pictures of stuff. I can't imagine any like mom or dad yeah. willing to put these <laughs> on their face. You know oh, what I mean? Like, yeah. Can you even imagine? Like even if you're the cool mom and cool dad, especially then you might be like, yeah, no – not, not, not wearing this for this purpose. I, I can see them
1: not, you know, caring
2: enough to do it, honestly. Like,
1: I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe, like, it, it gets worn in, like, an ironic hipster kind of way. With, right. Like, I mean, I can, see, I can see
2: that happening totally. But I'm just saying for for the, for the video that leaked of, of, like, the, you know, the commercial of, like, at a, at a birthday party, like, with your kids. Like, oh, this is great family time. No family's going to – come on. Come on. No, people are either wearing it ironically or – you know younger people who are like yeah this is awesome to do and check it out i've got the new snapchat glasses and you don't so suck it mm-hmm. um, you know but but like i can't see like like i don't know it, this isn't something you're going to wear to like your 5-year-old's birthday party i just i don't <laughs> i don't see that as a thing at all i'm going to have kids and wear them just to spite you yeah by the time <laughs> that happens simone it, it it's they're they're going to be over so no. yeah good luck with that
0: <laughs> all right that's our show
2: for today. What are you up to this week, Christina? So I'm speaking at uh, the uh, release notes conference um, that uh, in a kind of a indie developer conference um, in uh, in Indianapolis. So nice. that's what I'm up to. We are both going to the Midwest
0: because I am leaving tomorrow to go to Chicago for uh, a Polygon company retreat. Slash working vacation slash bonding session slash prison. Oh. I don't know what I don't know what's going to happen to us. Um, it's going to be fun though. I'm very excited. Uh, Brianna, what about you? I'm stuck in Boston. I'm oh. in Boston. Which you you two can so. come to the Midwest. It's a free country. I I should. You should I go should go to Cleveland. Um.
1: No, uh, I'm doing the same thing this week that I was doing three days ago when I <laughs> answered this question. I'm working on my book deal and uh, I'm doing some volunteering for uh, the Hillary campaign. I am trying to decide, like, I was invited out to OC3 this year, Oculus Connect 3. So um, I'm going to be kind of evaluating if I'm going to <laughs> that in a few weeks. So we'll see how that goes.
0: All right. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of Rockets. If you liked it, please uh, let let us know where we can find ourselves online. Christina, where can we find you online?
2: <laughs> uh, you can find me on um, a Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, at film underscore girl. And you can find my writing at gizmodo.com. Nice. Brianna, what about you? <laughs>
1: I, I will tell you where to find me online, but first I wanted to uh, just say my friend Sadie Doyle has a book out that just came out this week, got a guy really solid review in the New York Times. It's called Trainwreck. And what makes it really interesting is this kind of looking at this um, cultural tendency we have to build women up and then tear them apart. Um, so it's looking at like Britney Spears. I mean, Christina, you remember this when Britney shaved her head and you know kind of left yes. rehab, and you know kind of looking at that's something we do to a lot of women. Uh, so it's kind of, um, looking at that phenomena, uh, what I've read of it so far is superb. Uh, so if that's a concept that's interesting to you, uh, please go get that. Also, I wanted to tell rocket listeners, um, I am going to be gone from the show for most of November. I'm going to be having surgery on my vocal cords. So, um, yeah, we've got two great guests. Uh, one of them that I can announce today is Syracusa. And after that, I may pull a Stephen Hawking and like just type stuff in the Siri and come back on the show because I'm going to be unable to speak for a month at least. So um, I'm sure yeah, we wish- will
0: be able to let you have the bed rest that you deserve. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. So will um, definitely yeah, figure it out. And you
1: can find me on uh, Space Cat Gal on the Twitter machine
0: nice you can also find me on the twitter machine at DoomQuasar. and again if you like the show also uh consider leaving a review on itunes because that's a cool thing that cool people do but on- only do it if you're really really cool uh this episode of rocket is terminated terminated terminated, terminated.